Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. Our heroes are in South Crypt, the ancestral home of Carlton Tanks. In a few days, a tribe of kobolds are going to arrive to settle this land as their own, and the party has been teleported ahead of them to make sure it's safe. They were greeted by the spectral form of Blue, Carlton's direwolf brother, who informed everyone, yeah, there's awful creatures living inside the caves nearby. But he and his patron god have faith in the party that they can handle anything and with well wishes heads back to the Feywild. And so now the party stands at the mouth of a cave ready to head inside. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Obocrazy. You might hear that my voice is just a tiny bit raspy. I am almost better. I was at Gen Con last weekend, which was lots of fun, but also huge. Holy mackerel. I've never been to Gen Con before, and I, I'm i not going to say I was prepared at all, because I, I know for a fact I wasn't, but I thought I was at least aware of how unprepared I was, and I was not. The good thing is, I've done enough conventions that I didn't get sick afterwards. I know what my body needs to stay healthy, and I got sleep and healthy food and everything, but there are only so many parties you can go to where you have to yell over loud music. And you lose your voice. So uh, because of that, and because in a couple more days, I fly away again, I am foregoing any alcohol and I'm joining Jack on the tea train. I I just have some iced tea, just some basic iced tea with me. It's, it's in my, my D&D water bottle. That's a thing. It's Except it's tea. And it's delicious. And it makes me happy. And I will hopefully have a voice tomorrow. Bernie, what are you drinking? Um, I've got something new, and I, uh, here, hold on, let me, I apologize in advance, friends, Steven and I just moved, so it's gonna be, yay, yay, yay for, like, a house, and not a one-bedroom apartment, sorry, it's a little echoey, I hope by the next time we record, there'll be some art on the walls, there'll be, you know, things to make this not a barren room with a computer. Yeah, moving is hard, I mean, it's exciting, we're happy for you that you guys got a house, but it's hard and it takes time. Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's a, we, I think we did it pretty well, but it was still pretty, pretty intense for us. And we are like everyone else here. Um, this is like the year of travel for literally everyone in this group, I think. And we've got, we had to go to my home state last weekend. We're going to a wedding next weekend. We've got a couple weekends at home and it's, so it's it's coming slowly but surely. But tonight, um, Stephen had picked out some beers that I was meaning to drink ages ago. So this is a brand new one. This is um, called Monty's Aged Rye Ale from Old Tomorrow. And Old Tomorrow brews out of Toronto. 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 So apparently this is aged with oak wood infused with 100% Canadian rye whiskey. Mellow and smooth with a soft, clean finish with notes of honey, vanilla, and caramel. Easy drinking and perfectly balanced. Uh, mm. So, And it's it's cute because it's got this like kind of like weird, goofy picture of this, this guy. Ooh. So let's uh, open it up. Not get ourselves covered in it. See how it tastes. It smells really good. 
cans are that's just what happens with every can and then it's everywhere oh wow i would say this uh, if you gave me this i would say Which you've given yourself you've given it to yourself if you were like julia what is this drink i would say it was like whiskey mixed with something this tastes very 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 boozy like this is less like it starts out smelling like a beer and tasting like a beer and then it hits you that i don't think it's aged in a whiskey barrel i think they just secretly poured whiskey in here they just accidentally grabbed whiskey instead of beer to put in the can i mean just like ah yeah it's 6.2 percent alcohol by volume so it can't be that but is it good you need something like hearty with this this is like uh you want i would drink this i would have like a giant stew and drink this it's also something you shouldn't chug (laughs) well carlton do you have something hearty or a giant stew no what i have because i also got back from gen con and i thought i was okay but by day three of being home i now have con crud so i have green tea with honey so i'm also on that tea train in as you can see here my friends in a kitty cat mug Yay, kitty cat. I mean, boo, sickness, but yay. Boo, sickness, yes, I will but do yay. It. For those of you who don't see our screen, as in all of our listeners, Julia was just doing the take a fucking picture sign, which, yes, I know to take a fucking picture, Julia. <laughs> what? I'm just, you know, sorry. She's doing her job. Trying to do my job after shirking it. Thank God Gen Con happened in the weekend we moved. That's all I've got to say. I really <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that certain roadblocks stepped in the fuck up while I was moving. Uh, certain roadblocks uh, took uh, certain social media managers' advice and did exactly what she said on the Instagrams with the, hey, one post, and then, hey, story time. The exception was... When I got a picture with Matthew fucking Mercer, that was a post. Matthew fucking Mercer. What the hell? <laughs> I said, sorry. I just, that amused me so much. Okay. I, and now I'm thrown off my game because we're going to all talk about Gen Con. So we might as well go with Jonathan. What are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan and I play Jonathan the Med Muscular. And today I have a, a drink that was actually, this was not from my brain. This was from uh, one of our listeners, the fabulous Goober, who has uh uh, enabled us with lots and lots of uh, mead previously. Uh, he suggested that I put in, make a Moscow mule, except substitute the vodka with Kentucky bourbon. And I actually found out this weekend that that's an actual thing. Like, that's that's a completely legitimate drink. However, uh, he suggested the name for this, the Moscow Mitch. Oh, that's what I was going to guess. Fuck you, Mitch McConnell. That's what I was going to guess. And, uh, and like the uh, actual politician, it's terrible. Oh, well, I mean, like, oh, that you're drinking something terrible. Yeah. I didn't know this was a thing before. And, and then, like, one of the bars we went to, I think uh, I think one of the, the taking initiative folks, I want to say it was Morgan, ordered a mule, but ordered the Kentucky mule, which is the, which is the bourbon instead of vodka. And I was, like, thinking just, wow, I, I didn't realize that that was an actual thing that would be on a bar's menu would be something like that but it is and where does gen con take place indianapolis i was trying to think if it was like yeah indianapolis i guess is a little closer to kentucky right yeah a little bit and um I it's also- closer than i am yeah <laughs> it's closer than i physically am so i was just like if it was in la it'd seem weird but i think being physically near there were a couple of instances of oh yeah this is the midwest uh i had a burger on wednesday that was a normal burger except it had jalapenos and peanut butter 
which apparently is a thing. It wasn't bad. It just like... It just sounds bad. No, it it was fine. It just, it was peanut butter with the burger. And it was like, eh, it's okay. I, I was... I don't know, expecting something transformative and and I was to more kind of rise about the peanut above. butter and jalapeno mix, and then the peanut butter burger mix. Yeah, peanut butter burger I've had before too. Like uh, there's a place in Manning that has does that. Well, Thai food is spicy with peanut notes. Yeah, and yeah, so true. that's kind of where I thought it was going. Like maybe it's uh, just peanut butter though. It just nope. It was just peanut butter and a burger, and it was fine. We had went to another place that had a burger called the Strangest Thing, and it was a burger with cheese. Peanut butter, jelly in between two Eggo waffles. Why? And apparently it was, once again, fine. Like, when we were sitting around, it was like... Yeah, I could see that. It was, it was okay. Fine. And like, the thing is, it's like, when we were talking to people about it, they were like, well, why didn't they use like a bacon jam or something like that? Like, something that's still a jelly, but a little bit more... I don't know, It was fine. It, it was fine. Yeah, I think some places are like, I'm going to do it because it's weird and people will eat. But it's like, you can make weird really good. There's a local place in Durham, actually, that is burgers and it's really good. And they have a exotic meat month. Mm. I want to say March is their exotic meat month, March or April. And uh, they have like different exotic meat on the menu, I want to say every week. and But it's... <sighs> Good. Like, the point is, come try this burger made of crickets. You will like it because it tastes good. Yeah. And you will just be surprised that, like, oh, like, I'm eating a gator burger. Or, like, you know, like, something like that. Like, Gator's it should good. Be, yeah. It, should, it can be strange and can be good at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I have zero easy transition from meat month to Travancore. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is strange, but hopefully good. Hmm. It's uh, Kavita Sparkling Probiotic. It's um, the Mojita Lime Mint Coconut Flavor. And this is a live tasting. This has been sitting in my fridge pretty much since before Gen Con, so I've been waiting for today's recording to try it out. So, here we go. Live cultures of bacteria in my face. This thing does not want to no. open. No, Maybe don't this is a say sign that. from God. Um, no, no on. live cultures. No, that is That's not a exact, sentence. That's what it happen. is, though. True, but sometimes you don't want to say it out loud. Oh, that's refreshing. Like, I had a kombucha not too long ago, and kombucha has a sort of rotten taste to it. Mm. And uh, one of my wife's friends, and, you know, one of them I've known for a long time, also said that Kavita, the probiotics, is the drink to have. And that's that's not bad. That's refreshing. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Like, um, it's very low on sugar, which is actually a super good thing. But, uh, but yeah, Kavita. All right, I'm, I'm on board. Is that the kind of drink you had to shake before you drank it? I did shake it, so hopefully that uh, activated all the uh, all the microbes in there. I'm less concerned about microbe activation and more concerned about the uh, the mixing of, of everything that you rattled off. Yeah, because oh, yeah. otherwise sedimentation arrives. You know what's not in this cave system? Marshmallows. Oh. I can guarantee there is nothing delicious inside this cave system that you're standing in front of. Carlton, That's I me. need you to roll a history check. Oh, starting off with my strong, strong attributes here. Yeah, we're going to start off with this as as you go ahead and roll that, specifically because it has been a very long time since you've been here. You were young when you were here. And so we're going to take a, a gander at how much you remember. Uh, 13. Awesome. So here's here's what you know. This is a fairly straightforward cave system 
that you remember playing in as a kid. When when you were young, it was actually fairly safe. It was three rooms, essentially, connected by corridors that ended in a giant pit that when you remember telling the kobolds about how there were passages leading into the Underdark, if they ever wanted to go back that way, that's what you had in mind was this this pit system. And so you were always warned as a kid, don't go down the pit because you're going to end up getting eaten by a mind flare or something. I remember this one time there was this kid named Andy who fell into the pit and then wrote a song about falling into the pit. I fell in the pit. Nobody? <laughs> Nobody? Nobody? No, no, I got, I, I'm there with you. Oh, God, that's like season one shit. So it was one of those things that like maybe the older kids might have egged each other on to, hey, climb down or something. But you remember having a healthy respect for this thing. And it ended in a wall. So it wasn't even like people were trying to jump over. It's it's basically a, a what you remember is kind of a, a slight gradual slope just ending into nothing and going down into darkness and being like, nah, that seems stupid. But it was kind of fun to play in these caves. You remember there was some phosphorant moss that in the in the early spring and summer would uh, cling to the the walls and the ceiling and glow very slightly. So it was it was kind of cool and literally cool in there. And uh, but you don't ever remember there being anything dangerous. You also don't remember it being even as a small child very large. That is what you remember. Cool. What would you like to do? Well, we need to make sure that this is safe for Vang and the crew. And then Blue told us that it needed to be cleared out as well. Right? Kyle, That's what yeah. I recall. It's been Blue a while. Blue was remember the thing yeah. about the, the warlocking. So we need to... Well, we need to clear it out. So... Yeah, yes, we should We should clear... Does Bernie know? Did you make it clear to Bernie that you had given your soul over to Egg the Yarn? I did not yet give him my soul. I said I would consider it. But does Bernie know you're considering it? Did we it, did we establish that the group knows, or is it just you? There was one small conversation that Carlton had with Blue that only the two of them had that was a little more explicit. So you wouldn't have heard that. Uh, but there, Blue was kind of roundabout in a in like a you know he could treat, teach me things is what like the roundabout way. Yeah, not and being a patron. And you do remember Carlton saying, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting, but not giving any concrete. So, yeah. Carlton, after we um, clear this out, uh-huh. I, we should, you and I, we should have a talk. We're, we're talking right now. Well, yes, but one about your it's eternal soul. I have an eternal soul. You do. And you know what? There are things in that cave and apparently a pit. We could just crowd them. Can we just push them into the pit? Jonathan, do you have like does, does the the hand does the do you hand have the spell pil- pit pusher? <laughs> does the hand uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular does have the spell uh Big B's pan, aka pit pusher, uh ready to go. <laughs> does Big B do like a snow plow that we could just kinda shoosh shoosh them in? Uh just we can if in? there's a lot of them or if it's particularly strong. Jonathan the Magic Muscular doesn't think that even uh his hand can do that. We might just have to kill them. Okay. But that's where I come in. I think that's where all of us come in. I think they're spirits. So they could be spirits like ghosts. They could be spirits like spirit spirits. They could be undead that I could turn in a heartbeat. 
can't John, do that. Jonathan the Madam Muscular believes that everyone is going to have their share of killing today. We kill together, like a group. Well, you know the phrase, you don't go looking for trouble? I think we should go looking for trouble. I think we should, too. Shall we, um, as they say, shall we, shall we went? Let's went? Let's went. Okay. Shout out to Stephen's, like, eighth grade teacher who taught him. Wait, is that, is that where that came from? Yeah, that's a, that is a specifically a dun- dun- dunkle phrase uh, learned from a favorite teacher, I think, in, like, middle school. So Aww. much weirdness comes from middle school teachers. Right. Well, because middle schoolers are weird and they have to they have to deal in some way and sometimes being weird back is the only way. I say that as someone who's had to teach middle school oboe students and oh They go to the weird like moths to the flame. Listen, there's worse places to go. Sounds so, like an episode title. <laughs> worse they go to the weird like moths to the flame. Like, moths to the flame. We'll, we'll, we'll I would put that on a pin to the weird like moths to the flame. Oh yeah, shit. Hang on. That's a t shirt. Hang on. I forgot something. Today's shot of Fireball. To be stupid, <laughs> the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent of all thereof, is dedicated to monstrous incantations. Uh, they are a online retailer that uh, that Jules has uh, has gotten some stuff from, including a B twenty pin, and uh, this is going to show up on our on the grams on and the grams. On, on our social medias. It is an adorable little. B and dice pen. Uh, they also make uh, handmade and custom die apparels and accessories. I believe it's monstrousincantations.com. We will include the link as well. Yeah, we'll include a link and we will tag them in the Instagram post. Um, their Instagram is monstrousincantations. And if you guys want to follow them on Twitter, which is actually how I found them, somebody else retweeted that they were making a B20 pen. And if there is anything that is more Bernie, I don't know if it exists. I don't know how I'm going to incorporate the fact that this is now, like, we've been talking about, like, she's got a holy symbol. I've always wondered what it looks like. It's this. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, but their Twitter is M underscore incantation. And I just, um, if you guys check out our Instagram, I might have an extra pin that gets given away. Because I accidentally bought two because I'm bad at things. So Jonathan the Magimuscular turned around and did that to that whole thing to nothing. Like in game. He's like, this shot of fireball and every and he just did that and now he's standing still. But, but Bernie, are you, you did right? you just stroke out? Do I need to you and Bernie's gonna touch him? Cause I feel like that's how like I feel we talk about health points. I feel like Bernie has some kind of innate like healer magic that's just like, how sick are you? And she's like, No, you're you're fine. Have you somehow commercialized your magics? Are you dedicating your spells? Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Hi. Hi. So, all right. We'll kill this stuff, right? Bernie Words does the forehead thing. Well. She's like, you're, you're a druid. You can do healing spells now. I don't know how it works when you, when you're, when, when you do that thing. But a Travancore, do you do, you get the thing. You get the little buzz, the little like hum. You can just touch him. You can generally tell when you touch him. All right, Trevancore touches Jonathan the Magic Muscular just to detect the hum. On the forehead, yes, on the forehead. See, you can feel it, right? You can kind of feel it. So are you are you listening for a hum or are you listening for uh, something that tells you whether Jonathan needs to be healed? I feel like in my head that's sort of like your healer kind of has like a very good innate sense of whether or not your hit points are full. <laughs> and she's just kind of like, you don't have a fever? 
No, I agree with that. So Travancore, what what exactly are, are you just listening for what Bernie says, a hum? Or are you listening for like a sense of something? So ever ever since Jonathan Magimuscular got blackplated about 100 episodes ago, <laughs> Travancore has been on the watch to make sure he doesn't go all, uh, what do you call it? Um, rogue Evil? on us? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying to tune myself to the frequency of equal. Evil vis-a-vis Nightman. That's a, that's a reference that five of you will get. Like most of my references. All right. It's okay. Someone out there does. <laughs> You're a level two druid? Level two. Level two. That's what I thought. You hear no hum. You don't know what Bernie's talking about. But in your head, you know how when you touch a healthy plant, you can, it's almost as though you can feel the life in that plant, whether it's a, the solid trunk of a tree or if you're picking up a, a small plant by its roots or something, there, there's a, a solidness there that often animals forget are in plants until you actually touch them. And so there's this weird sensation of that in where you can just feel, no, nah, Jonathan feels pretty solid. You'd have to probably do some more serious checks say like a medicine check if you wanted to know anymore but like to get that same what bernie hears as a hum you feel as a solid presence seems fine to me and i remove my hand thank you oh uh, yeah uh, but, <laughs> i just um, leave you there for a solid minute after saying that <laughs> you're just so, gazing into each other's eyes no jonathan the muscular's eyes are darting around like <laughs> um okay uh, killing stuff. Let's go. No, I'm giving him a very practiced glance, like the doctor that Travancore's mom wanted him to be. <laughs> oh, dude, that's too real. It's too fucking real. <laughs> All right, you've stood at the mouth of this cave for a little while. Oh, you um, sorcerer. Why not wizard? <laughs> <laughs> the entranceway to this cave is fairly large. It You could, the four of you abreast walk on in and carlton while it's it's the middle of the day so there's ample sunlight coming in so all of you can see that at least the initial chamber of this cave is half lit up and it looks unremarkable it looks like it looks like a a perfect place for like a bear den or something uh considering it's in the middle of the winter but you don't see anything besides just rough hewn rock um how would you like to proceed so what are we doing we're walking into the cave and doing perception checks that sounds good. I remember my perceptions like a plus five. Well, I mean, if that's what we'd like to start with, I would, as you walk into the cave, I would love perceptions it, checks. <laughs> I would also love to know a marching order. Uh, well, I would be leading the way since this, it, I'm the most familiar with the area. Bernie's in the squishy metal. Also, I take metal. A hit the best. All right, I'll take up the rear then with Shadow. And Jonathan? Uh, solidly in the middle, so I can blast forward or rear. All right. And do you want any space in between all of you? Are you going to be like, you know, Carlton five feet, Bernie and Travancore five feet, or Bernie and uh, Jonathan five feet, Travancore and Shadow five feet kind of thing? I'm good with that. Yes, that sounds great. Yeah, we'll we'll space out a bit. Okay. Everyone knows of Jonathan the Magic Muscular's uh, uh, favorite spells, so people are probably going to want to... uh, Gonna want to spread out a little bit. Yeah, we do. Okay. We really do. We don't want to be close to you when. Uh, I'm sorry. When the fireball hits, the, when the flaming shit hits the proverbial fan, as it were. I'm uh, sorry. In fairness, 
Jonathan can sculpt his spells, so it doesn't matter where you are when his stuff goes off. It's other people's stuff. So here's what happens. You enter the cave. I'm going to get those perception checks from you in just a second. And as I said, you saw most of this from standing outside. It's a fairly unremarkable cave entrance. The ceiling is about like 20, 25 feet high. And then the whole thing is is a, a rather large cavern. And on your right, you can see it... And Carlton, this looks incredibly familiar. This this is pinging some super old memories. It winds its way and, and collapses into a, not necessarily a doorway as it were, but obviously the entranceway into another cavern behind it that's about 10 feet-ish. Three Azimar and a Tiefling are sent to a strange new world on a divine mission. Trouble is, when they arrive, none of them can remember what the mission is, and only one of them has any interest in the god that sent them. Join Briathos, Bizdira, Kit, Flick, and DM Jazzy Hands as they play matchmaker with kobolds, assassinate Yuan-Ti political figures, and completely, if accidentally, disrupt the delicate equilibrium of the world they found themselves in. Reviewers call it a patchwork of beautiful storytelling, immersive roleplay, and a healthy sprinkling of humorous banter. The Last Refuge is a weekly D&D actual play podcast set in a completely original world. Check us out at dndlastrefuge.com. Happy gaming, y'all. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Force Grey, and more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have, and speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make Idol Champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on August 25th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. B-A-C-S-F-I-G-S-F-E-O-D so use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Perception checks, Bernie. 13. Travancore. 23. Carlton. 17. Jonathan. 4. But. Why is it a 4? Oh, wait, hold on. Bucks, too. Bucks can also. Wait, wait before we go on to Bucks. Why did Why you fail? I, I seem to remember it's a four. Oh, uh, because I rolled a natural one, and it's because Jonathan the Magimuscular just did just did his fireball shot, which is very confusing to Jonathan the Magimuscular, the actual, or Jonathan the Magimuscular, the, the character. So he's a bit, he's fine, but he's a little discombobulated. He's like, where did that come from? Hmm. <laughs> and Buck. Wow. <laughs> What? Holy shit, is that double 20s? That is that double 20 twice? on his advantage keen senses perception check for uh, Buxton Bertram Bellwether. That's his name. Here's what I think happened. Bux naturally looked and perceived amazingly. Then he looked over and saw Jonathan failing so horribly that he had to just show him this is how you do it and did it again. Bux <laughs> saw his, his beloved 
his beloved uh, companion stroke out and went, well, I guess it's all on me. <laughs> guess it's all on him. And uh, yeah, so uh, Bucks gets a mighty 23. Here's the other thing that I think happens. Jonathan, the player, took the fireball shot and Bucks saw it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buck looks at the same place that Jonathan the Magic Muscular was looking and sees me and is like, you got a lot older and fatter. And also sees the rest of us and for a second is very confused because you can look at things and not understand what they are. Anyway, so you're all looking around this cave. Doesn't seem to be anything special. Travancore, you notice... Oh, I got super distracted by seeing numbers that shouldn't be perception rolls in in the Zoom chat. That was, that oh, was, oh man, I was, I was like ninety five. What the that, fuck? Oh. That literally is seeing outside the game. That's omniscience, basically. That's my my Aarakocra rogue who at level twenty had a thirty two passive perception, so she could see through space and time. Anyway, Travancore with your role. You notice, because it's fairly well lit in here, and something tells you to take a look at the quality of some of the rock that's in here. You're, you're not exactly sure why. And so you kind of walk up to the closest wall, and you notice that amongst the, the many layers of sediments that make up this, this cave into this mountainside, you notice there's, there's a layer that's got a yellowish tinge to it. It's just faint. It has a an interesting smell to it. And you're like, huh, that's, that's odd. That's not something that I'm used to. Bucks, as he sees through space and time, <laughs> notices the very slight, in that yellowish area, wh where the striation is, has this yellowish tinge, notices marks. Almost as if someone had started to pick out something. So not like claw marks, but like one or, yeah, and, and not, you know, raking of a claw. There's only one or two of these lines as though someone had just begun to scrape along the edge of this rock and stopped. I want to investigate the scrape. See, okay. Like, just to determine, like, were they digging for something or was this like, oh, I'm going to, like, make a little tick mark so I can find my way back. Like, why? All right, roll an investigation check. 13, solidly in the middle. It's only one or two scrapes, and you don't see anything else in the area, so it's you're really not sure. There's no other evidence. There's no, nothing else to, like, indicate what's going on. And he said it was yellow, or? The rock that it's... So basically, Travancore walked over to this wall and noticed this swath of the rock had this yellowish tinge, and then Bucks noticed the, the fine marks on it. What's the yellow? Travancore, what's the yellow from? Yeah, nature boy. Not sure. <laughs> Emma, do I know? <laughs> yeah, roll a nature check. All right. If the answer is giant centipede or giant maggot, I... Jonathan the Magimusk or Jonathan the Magimusk will probably be fine. Jonathan the player is going to have issues. Fourteen. You're really not sure. There's a lot of rocks that could have a yellowish tinge to them, but nothing that jumps out at you. And this, it's it's hard to tell. Don't know. <laughs> hmm. I have any chiseling tools? Let me see real quick. I want to see if I can take oh, a little sample of this for, for further study at some point in the future. Might just be useless rock. Who knows? I just wondered if it was like the rock 
or if it was like the time that we were in Schult and it was poison. I don't think it was Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> or Belle Biv DeVoe, for that matter. So, Dwayne Johnson, but but not Belle Biv DeVoe. Ba, 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 da, ba, Can we ba, make da, a da, canon no. that <laughs> there's literally a type of rock called Dwayneus Johnsonus, and there's a poison just called Belle Biv DeVoe in this... Can we just establish that? I would like that. Sure. I Done. <sighs> Done. All right. So you're going to spend a few minutes and like dig out some of this yellowish rock? Yeah. In the meantime, Jonathan the Magimuscular in like the 10 minutes that it's going to take is going to roil his hands around and uh, and put them on his head and cast Rary's Telepathic Bond as all of you get a pop-up. Yes, yeah. I accept the charge of the Telbond. Does Coco Snoot get one? Tell Bond. Uh, I think so. I think all the animals can get on this too. Always they want to talk to me. What do you need to say? <laughs> oh, my. This, is, is, so, so this is so incredibly exciting. Oh, I love when this happens. Oh. I know you do. Can't so, so fun fact, up. when I was a kid and the, all the bells were broken up, uh, the Bell and I area was called Bell Atlantic. The, the spokesman for Bell Atlantic was none other than the acclaimed actor James Earl Jones. So James Earl Jones, in my mind, is also the voice of Tell Bond. Hey. Anytime James Earl Jones shows up as the voice of anything, I'm all for it. That man is amazing. Okay, you spend 10 minutes uh, digging a handful of this yellowish stone out of the, the wall. This swath that you've noticed, it's not like a, a, a solid piece of yellow stone. It's like speckled in. So you get like crumbs and bits and pieces as well as other rock. But you got about a handful. Jonathan casts Rary's Telbond. And what would you like to do? Well, I was going to have Coco Snoot investigative sniff it, but um, he's got a minus four intelligence. <laughs> so no. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's, you know, I don't, we're not really here for the rocks. And as long as they're not going to off gas some type of Belbiv DeVoe on us, I think we could um, skedaddle and start, start shoveling enemies into a pit, if you know what I mean. I'm down with that. I know what you mean, and a and a uh, a mage hand comes up and gives you a finger gun. All right. Would you like to move through the doorway? Are you keeping your same uh, formation? It it's the same, except as we're walking along, the mage hand before it flickers out is going to go up and just poop Coco Snoot very gently on the on the suit, just poop and then disappear. Coco Snoot's <laughs> going to look at them. Going to do this. Is going to turn to you. And in the tail of the bond, he's going to say, no means no. Sorry. My body, my rules. Jonathan the Magimuscular apologizes. You're just so dang cute. You must resist. I am cute, but incredibly deadly. In old country, boop is capital offense. The, the being cute and, and deadly are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, absolutely. You can be both. All right, you walk into the next room. And, I, you know, I'm using the term room loosely. It's, as Carlton remembers, this is kind of a second larger cavern. This one seems to curve a little bit off to the left. You can't quite see the end of it. It's maybe about 50 or 60 feet. And the, the curve is enough that you can't see the end. And Carlton, you don't remember it being much more than that. Once again, the rock face is fairly plain. It's rough. It's not anything that's been chiseled or anything. Uh, at this point, it has gotten pitch black. So all of you are on dark vision, unless you tell me otherwise. Dark vision. Nope. Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular has put down his goggles. Okay. Like if I boop your nose. Yeah! Mm -hmm. 
And as you walk into this room, you don't notice any... You're on the alert for creatures. You've been warned. Hey, there's stuff to kill. But you... So you don't notice any movement. You don't notice any creatures. But you do notice uh, what looks like a body lying about 40, 50 feet away, left side uh, against the wall. All right. Is it a human body? Do we need to perception, investigation, that body? Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to get 30 feet away, recast Mage Hand, and poke it. All right. When you get 30 feet away from the body, you can see that it is, it's not fresh. It's not like this was killed yesterday. This seems like it was maybe a couple of weeks ago. So the smell coming off of it. So we smelled it before we saw it. And when you poke it, nothing happens. Uh, from this distance, now that you've moved up a little bit more, you can tell it's uh, it's a smallish body. So dwarf, maybe no, maybe halfling. Even in death, one cannot escape your boot. How does the magic muscular starts babbling like apologetically <laughs> in the college? But I'm not instead of that coming. But the Jonathan the magic muscular is gonna walk on over to it. Is it worth? And uh, he's going to kind of turn it over and investigate it. Uh, he's going to cast light on a pebble. So he has a little like, like examination light. Sure. Now that there's light in the room, I will let everybody roll another perception check. Uh, as you do that, I will describe the basics of what Jonathan, you see as you turn this, this corpse over. It was kind of lying on its side. You turn it over uh, onto its back. Looks like a dwarf. It's not obvious how this creature died. Uh, initially, you'd have to actually look through the corpse more than just turning it over. Seems to be wearing some heavy duty, not leather armor as much as like miners' clothes, work clothes. And there is a there was a small pack on its back that falls off a little bit as you turn it over. And yeah, that's that's all you get for the moment. Uh, let's go around the table again. Travancore and Shadow. 16 for Travancore, 14 for Shadow. Yeah, and Jonathan and Bucks. Uh, Jonathan is going to forgo his uh, his perception and use his roll for investigation, but Bucks okay. is going to roll uh, a 16. All right, so we'll come back to your investigation in just a second. Carlton. Carlton got a uh, resounding 18. Mm, and Bernie. And Kokosnoot. With a plus 5, Bernie got a 13. And with a plus 1, Kokosnoot got a 12. <laughs> okay. So we're just rolling real well tonight, friends. Something that how it be. Bernie and Kokosnoot, you're the furthest away from where Jonathan has created this light. So you're having the hardest time seeing. So that's, I, I'd say that's probably why. Travancore, what did you and Shadow get again? Uh, 16 for Travancore, 14 for Shadow. Okay. Carlton, you notice as Jonathan is examining this body and you're kind of looking around and you, because you still have vague memories of this room and this, this cave system, you're looking around half in a little bit of nostalgia and then also keeping an eye out for things. And your nostalgia picks up the fact that this room is actually different than what you remember. Down further, past Jonathan, past where what you remember is that this it continues to curve around and then it comes to another opening into the final room of this, ca- this cavern, you notice that the side of the wall 
looks like it's been dug into and mm. not cleanly, not well, not not in any kind of organized fashion. It looks like someone just like carved a chunk of the rock out of the side of the wall, but it's it's like 50, 60 feet down on your right. That's interesting. Hey, guys, you see this? No, no. Okay. Um, what? See what? See what? And I point out the, uh, the, all the odd, like, carving, uh, yeah. Guys. Uh, this, so that's this, different? That's this is not, diff- that wasn't This weird. isn't right. This something, something's off. I think, uh, I think this is where Blue wanted us to go. Oh. Uh, Box is gonna land on top of your head, Carlton. Please don't poop. 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 He's in the tailbone. You could just ask him not to poop. Oh, oh, don't, don't, I don't, don't, don't worry. I, I pooped on the way in, as they say. So I, I, Wait, I, I am it, good for now. Is it now. a good luck for a bird to poop on your head? I, I wasn't, poop a, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, some, that tradition. some kinds of poops. We can pretend it is, cause what? Uh, you'll have to wait then. Now that you're taller, how, how, what do your bird eyes see? Well, no, he doesn't get another perception check just because he's sitting <laughs> on your head. Nice try. But before we go on, I'll say, uh, Jonathan, what was your investigation? 21. Okay. And are you personally rifling through or are you mage handing through? Uh, I went ahead and used the mage hand to turn him over. But uh, Jonathan, the mage muscular, is actually going to get in there because he knows he won't be able to tell as much with mage hand. Okay. The clothing is really n- nicely made. It's thick miners clothes this is obviously meant to uh protect and it's it's high quality stuff it looks unscathed it doesn't there's nothing that seems to be wrong with it you're not exactly sure you know like you were expecting this corpse to have some signs of wounds or anything and as you're looking at the the clothing that they're wearing you don't see anything um but you do notice it's it's nicely made clothes this dwarf is wearing big thick leather boots and then you grab the pack and take a look inside the pack and yeah with the 21 you can tell this pack has already been rifled through it was already open when you grab grabbed it and suspiciously there's very little in it especially considering uh you don't remember carlton telling you anything about dwarves living in this area and who knows how long this guy has been here and whatever uh there's only two things in the pack there is uh like a hundred feet of hempen rope in one of those insane i've done a really bad job of winding it up knots so instead of it being a, a nice coil or anything it's just this giant rat's nest of a uh, rope that you think if you spend some time on coiling would be a decent piece of hempen rope as you're pulling it out and having this oh this is who would let their gear get to this point something inside of this rat's nest catches your eye and it's about the size None of you would know what a coconut is, so I won't use that reference, <laughs> uh, although that's what Jonathan it is. The it's a melon. Like, he's from islands. I, I don't know if Kara Calendier is and has, uh, has, uh... Wait, weren't we in Chult? Doesn't Chult have coconuts? That's tropical. We weren't in Chult for very long. We were in Chult. We were not paying attention in Chult, too. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I will accept the Chult. I'll say yes, because Kara Calendier, I don't think it's far enough south for coconuts. Okay. However, Chult, yes, you would have seen coconuts. The ones there are much bigger, but this would have been like a small coconut, but it's black. It's like lacquered black, and it's got a little cork stopper on the top of it, and you can see that there's been a hole drilled into the cork stopper, and there's 
a little tiny bit of this frayed hempen rope uh, as though there used to be a longer piece coming off of it and someone like pulled it off or something. It's a chop ball. Jonathan the Magimuscular is gonna is gonna like sniff it and see if he recognizes the substance that's inside. That's an excellent we did question. You should do that. Gift, if that helps. I don't know if it's because uh, Jonathan, the actual player, has a notion. But yeah, uh, okay, yeah, it smells familiar. Yeah, you don't think you should have this nearby when you set off your fireballs. What? Oh, if what you think is inside is inside. Uh, I, I can make an intelligence check just to see, like, if he makes that connection. No, I think I think that's a reasonable argument because of the fact that you fought Gif, um, and you were close by with all of their weaponry for quite a while. And uh, <gasps> now that I think about it, you did get hit with a grenade. So oh, yeah. this doesn't. This looks nothing like any of their stuff. But as you sniff it, yeah, this kind of has that black powder smell to it. Jonathan the Muscular here. He says that in the call. A couple of things. One, this was a dwarf. I'm not sure how he died, but uh, I have some rope, so we have extra rope. Yay. Uh, someone already took all this guy's stuff. All of it? Uh, not all of it. I got the rope, and then I think I've got a bomb. A what? Yeah, yeah remember those hippo guys we fought? Yeah, they oh. threw stuff and it exploded. Yeah, like little, like, contained fireballs. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those. Yeah. Is this ringing any bells in Travancore's mind? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Travancore, I mean, you remember not just the encounter with the GIF. Your people have played around with firearms before. You were the one that kind of recognized what they were using. You And you know for a fact how dangerous black powder can be. Yeah. Um, ten cuidado. Ten cuidado. Uh, so, <laughs> Travancore says it like, just like that. Not even in context. Okay. Ten cuidado. Um, given, given all that, uh, Travancore, do you want to hold on to this? or? Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be best. Okay. Um, it does have, uh, I think... I think whoever had this, like, took some of it. Because it either took some of it or they took out the fuse. So it's... Uh, unless you get blowed up, it, it's not going to blow up. Unless you put a fuse in there. But we'll we'll save that for but later. But also a fire? Yeah, well, you can always throw it and then I can cast a fireball and then, you know, that'll set it off or otherwise on fire. But I figure it can be like a fastball special between us. If we separate Ooh. it out, then it should be good. Okay... Bucks is says, "Oh dear, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would survive that." Uh, and I'm like, well, buddy, that's why that's why I'm giving it to Travancore. So if you hang out with me, you should be clear of the blast. In old country, we have bomb made of alcohol, rag, and fire. <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Muscular <laughs> likes several of those things. <laughs> something something doesn't make sense. Why would there be a capital offense for booping of the nose? Unless Baron von Kokosnut, your people realize that. The nose is the gateway to dazing or incapacitating a person. If you smash someone's nose hard enough, you've taken them incapacitated. And, and is that the reason for the rule? I do not make law in totalitarian regime. I just fall. Fair. <laughs> that's, that's why in old country they were able to deal with a great residuum meltdown. Because they just did what the state told them to. Yes. Also, I like the idea that there's just sharks everywhere, and so they've all had to learn how to punch sharks in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> them flying sharks. I feel like we no need joke. to address the fact one day that Coco Snoot is not from old country. He's just a dog with a lot of delusions. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dog. And like voices of, of residual meltdown or something was open while he was being trained. And so he just read all of that and like 
That's where Old Country came Wait a from. And... I can't reconcile the fact that Baron Von Kukushu is simultaneously the most professional being in our party and also a, a pathological liar. Oh my god. I mean, I Baron don't know. He's Garrick. He's Elam Garrick. You can have <laughs> a great deal of fucking decorum and be a liar. It's true. That's what spies do. <laughs> it's literally yeah. what spies do. Absolutely. That's what spies do. But that is what uh, spies all right. Do. Well, Jonathan the Metamuscular hands off the grenade. So we, I, we feel like if we put like a fuse in it, we could you know light it and activate it like a normal grenade, or maybe as Baron von Coco's new suggested, like maybe stick a little like a r- soaked rag in there and use that as a fuse or or something. That's that's actually pretty ingenious. Jonathan the Metamuscular is impressed. Jonathan, you with your investigation and with your brief knowledge of what these things are you think you'd probably have to do a little bit of low level tinkering you know maybe pull off the cork stopper make sure it feels heavy it feels weighty for its size so you're unsure if that means it's full of dangerous funness or if it's a a thick enough casing to be protective so uh to know for sure you would have to do a little bit of pulling off the stopper taking a look threading something on in there if it's a simple if it that's as simple as it gets if it's the equivalent of a molotov cocktail in bomb form then yeah that should be pretty easy but you're okay. unsure without some dissection jonathan the Mench muscular and trivancore will table this for later okay what next thanks for listening to our adventure if you've enjoyed our show visit us at dungeondrunks.com for links to all of our social media pictures and bio of our cast a full list of credits and more We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.